Have you ever been disappointed that you weren't called to a ministry? Have you wondered, what am I here for if I'm not called to work in the church? Does God care what I do for work? If I work at McDonald's or I work at Zaxby's or if I work at a big corporation, does God care if I'm not working in the church? I want to tell you, believe it or not, the majority of Christians are not called to be pastors. Regardless, sometimes we wonder if we can truly honor God if we're not working in vocational ministry. The question we're going to answer today and look at is how can God use me if I'm not employed by the church? Obviously, if you're able to serve in some kind of capacity, you should. We should all do something to help the local ministry, whether it's part of the greeting team, media, worship, whatever it is. But to me as a kid, it always felt like if you weren't called the pastor, that you were missing out on a special, important calling. So how does God use us outside of working for the church? I'm Josh Cave, and I've asked those exact same questions. In fact, I've spent my entire life asking questions about Christianity. Those questions have led me to a lot of study and even earning a bachelor's degree in Bible and theology. Today, I'm joined by my wife, Molly Cave, and we'll, dis- we'll discuss how God uses us in our everyday lives and how we can honor Him in our life. But before we jump into that, let's cue the music. Welcome to the After Youth Podcast, where we answer the most challenging questions asked by every Christian young adult. Let's dive in. So you might have tuned into this episode today and thought, oh no, here's another episode about purpose. And today that's really only partly what this is about. In churches that I've seen growing up and even now, there was always this confusing thing because you'd go to a camp or you'd go to some big youth service and all these people would be praying and they would find out that they were called to ministry. And it was a huge deal and it is a big deal. But it was almost like you could be called to ministry and everything else was secondary. It just felt like it was less important. The people that weren't going into ministry, just going to get a degree or just going to do a quote normal job, that it was almost lesser. And it was almost like if you weren't called to ministry, you didn't really have a a calling. Your purpose was more blurred. And so today I wanted to just talk about that. Is that accurate? The scripture talks about people being called to ministry and serving in the church in specific areas. But the Bible also talks about every person has a purpose from God and is thus called to the work that God has created them to do. And that's really important. So before we, we before we dive just really deep into this, Molly, I want to ask you, in your life, how did you view your calling? You're not called to, quote, ministry specifically. Did you share some of those views that I talked about where a calling to ministry was really special, but everybody else was maybe a little behind or or not quite to that same level. How did you view 
your calling? Yeah. I viewed just callings in general, like you said, oh, there that child, or as a kid growing up, is like, oh, that child's called to pastor. Like they play preacher every day. Like they got, they're the chosen one. They're the special one. And so it was kind of like they had like this magical thing over them. And the ones that weren't necessarily called to, had that calling of ministry, like direct ministry, weren't really talked about very much. And it's nothing against anybody that I grew up around or anything. I think that's just the culture of growing up in church. Yeah, I think so too. So let's talk about your calling a little bit. How did you view it growing up, knowing that maybe you weren't called specifically to pastor? Yeah, I think growing up as a little girl in church, I always felt like my calling was, you're going to be a wife and a mom. That's it. Don't think any further. Wife and mom. As I got older, it was a little confusing because I was like, I don't really feel directly called ministry. I have a heart for ministry. But I don't know where that where I go from there. Like, how do I serve the Lord without being a pastor? <laughs> I think a lot of people find themselves in that same spot. Even in my life, I've been called to pastor since I was young. There have been plenty of times, even now, where I'm not in a pastoral position. And the thing is, even if you're called, even if you have that purpose on your life, if you look at your life and say, I am a pastor, I'm called to it, that's who I am, whenever you're not doing that, you can lose your identity. And so I really think it's important that we talk about what our purpose is. What are we really called to? Why are we here? And I guess that's really what that boils down to today is why did God put us here right now at this time? And what are we supposed to do with it? So let's talk about work. Where did it come from? Why do we do it? And the first thing I need to say here is that work is a good thing. It's difficult to comprehend because the only work that we've ever truly experienced is difficult. It's challenging work. And we have this conception that that we really don't like it because work can be difficult. I recently listened to a book by Jordan Rayner. I don't read books. I listen to audiobooks. But he brought up some ideas of work that were really interesting. And he mentioned the idea of, if you can think with me to a time where you had a really good sales pitch. Most of you probably haven't done a whole lot of sales pitches, but or written a really good paper and you get into a groove and you're you're just writing and you lose track of time and it just feels like you're in this really good place. Maybe you're in some other line of work and you can plug in whatever really fulfilling work you've done. Maybe for me, whenever I do mechanic work, uh, I can get on a roll and get in a job where everything is going together really good and I can spend hours and it feels like minutes. Just everything's going really well together. And he talks about that that's what work is supposed to feel like. He said, in those things, we get a glimpse of what work was really supposed to be. Because if you look back in the Bible, God created humans to work. In the Garden of Eden, God God created Adam and Eve and put them to work. It says in Genesis one twenty eight, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. 
And so there are two things that people were called to do early on. One is fill the earth, have babies, and have dominion over the earth. Handle the earth, take care of it. And a little later, God gave Adam very specific jobs. He said, you need to take care of the Garden of Eden, and you have to name every animal. And so before the fall, before anything else took place, there was work. And that work was good. It was easy. It was after the fall that we see work get significantly more difficult. Adam was called to take care of the Garden of Eden. And after the fall, that garden was filled with thorns. Some seeds didn't sprout up. All these different things made work more difficult. So even in the perfect Garden of Eden, humans had work. And today, we were still created to do work. So work is a good thing. And you might ask, Josh, why does that matter? What, what difference does that work make for me? Just because we were created to work doesn't mean I want to. Jordan Rayner states in his book, Work, good work, is a means of advancing God's kingdom and glorifying Him. If that's then the gospel of the kingdom should lead us to be incredibly ambitious for our work today. And that book is called Redeeming Your Time, if you want to check it out. I'll have a link for it in the show notes for today. So is he talking about ministry in this little quote here? Because that's the work that advances the kingdom of God, right? The work that advances the kingdom of God and glorifies God is that can only really be done by pastors. And that's just not true. We can think that the best way to advance God's kingdom is through a pastor, through preaching and all these different things, but it's really not. He's talking about work that we all do. He talks about even people that are sitting there working code or maybe just sitting in a cubicle all day that our work can glorify God because God created you to do work. And when you do work the right way and serve God in it, you are advancing the kingdom of God and glorifying him. You can be expanding the kingdom of God because of the work that you do every day. The work that you do all the time can be benefiting the eternal kingdom of God. And that's the same goal that every pastor has. And so sometimes we put the role of pastor on a pedestal, we should be doing the same things. We should all be reaching people and advancing the kingdom of God. So work is a good thing, first of all. And we also know that work is valuable to the kingdom of God. So you might be asking yourself, I work at McDonald's. How does that serve the kingdom of God in any way? How is that even relatively possible? So I want to give you some practical ways that we as people, no matter what your job, no matter what situation you're in, whether you're a student, whether you're working or whatever, these are three things that you can be to honor God in your work. So the three things are you can be a good worker, you can be a witness, and be a dreamer. The first thing, be a good worker. I want to ask you, have you ever thought about that Jesus was a carpenter for more time in his life than he was a teacher? For 30 years, Jesus was a carpenter, and 
I want you to just think with me for a second. So say you needed something built. Say you needed some cabinets built or whatever. And you go to a carpentry shop and you go and talk to them. You say, this is what I want. And they turn around and do some shady business. Tell you it'll be this much. They charge you double. Cabinets aren't what you want. All these things. How likely would you be to respond to something that they said about Christianity? Say, after all of that, they told you, hey, I'd really love to invite you to this church. You would be like, I am going as far away from that church as physically possible because you did me dirty and I don't want to go there. Uh, We've all kind of had experiences like that where somebody did us wrong in some kind of work and it really lowers your respect for that person. And I want you to think in the life of Jesus, how he had to conduct his work. For 30 years, Jesus was a carpenter. He learned from his dad and he began to do that. I'm sure he began to do that on his own as he got a little bit older. But imagine what Jesus' work ethic was like. He was never late. He always sent out good work. His tables never broke. He was always the best at customer service. And he, he did his work with excellence because he knew that his work would be a reflection of God. If he was in a few years, if he was going to be in ministry and he was going to tell people that he was the Son of God, he was going to tell people about the coming kingdom of God, then he had to make sure that the people that he was serving with his work knew that he was a high-quality person, that his character would match his message later. And I think that's so important because we can easily skip over that and forget that Jesus was a man and the Son of God. But if he would have gone and ripped people off and had terrible quality tables, chairs, whatever, people would not have listened to his message. They would have been like, no, that's the guy that ripped me off over those couple of chairs. And so even Jesus had to live his life, had to live his life before ministry in a way that would honor God and would glorify God. and. We can model our lives after this verse in Colossians. In Colossians 3.17, it says, Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. We need to be excellent in our work to honor God, and that in itself will be a witness. People will see whenever you do the right things. Whenever you're a high character, high quality person in your work. And the second thing you can be is be a witness. Tom Nelson, a writer for the Gospel Coalition, states, Our God-honoring work is often one of the greatest apologetics for our God-focused words. And apologetics, if you don't know, is basically a defense of Christianity. So he's saying that our work, the things that we do, our hard work, our our character in our work is often one of the greatest defenses for our God-focused words, saying that it goes hand in hand. Once you're doing good, honest work, you can begin to share about your faith. You don't have to push it or do anything crazy, but if you're doing things different, people are going to ask questions. And if you're honoring God in your work, I promise you, you are doing it differently than what other people are doing it.
In an article for Desiring God, it states, as we get to know those around us, and they know us, we will naturally talk about the things that matter most to us. By investing our lives in our work, working hard, trusting openly, and giving our best, we'll build the kind of reputation that demands explanation. We'll glorify God in our work and have opportunity to share His gospel with our words. And that really sums up the whole thing, is that whatever you work hard, you do a good job in your work, you'll build the kind of reputation that people will ask about. People will ask you why you do the work the way you do. And in that, you have an opportunity to share about you do the work to honor God. You honor God. You glorify God through the work that you do with your hands every single day. The last thing is be a dreamer. And this is the odd one out of the three, but this is really my favorite. I believe that God puts dreams and big goals in our hearts. Especially as young adults, this is the time in our lives to dream and to have big goals. If we're not going to dream now, we're never going to do it. And maybe you want to be a famous Twitch streamer. You want to write a book, travel the world, make vlogs, maybe make podcasts, start your own company or be a CEO. Whatever you want to do, there are dreams and ideas that God puts in our hearts to honor Him. Mark Batterson states, nothing honors God more than a big dream that is way beyond our ability to accomplish. Maybe God has placed a passion in your heart for a dream. And that dream, if you accomplish it, it'll show off his power and what he can do. And that's the incredible part about serving God. You go back to that quote by Jordan Rayner, where he says that, The gospel of the kingdom should lead us to be incredibly ambitious for our work today. God gives us dreams specifically so that we will honor him with our lives. He gives us things to chase after because if we ever achieve them and we give God the glory, then it's going to be incredible. And Mark Batterson, he talks a lot about whenever a dream is way too big for you to accomplish on your own, God gets all the glory. God gets all the honor for it. You look at story after story in the Bible, and just an easy example is the story of Elijah whenever he's on Mount Carmel and sets up this altar, and he puts water and water over it, and he asks God to come and burn it. There's nothing Elijah can do, and he actually stacks the deck for a miracle. And so I think in our own lives, whenever we have big dreams, we have big goals, and we actually work to achieve them, we give them to God, and then they happen, we actually stack the deck so that we honor God with our lives. We put all these things in place so that we can show off how big our God is. And even if you have to work at McDonald's 40 hours a week to pay the bills, chase the dreams that God gives you when you can make time for them. But this podcast is a dream for me. I still work my full-time job. I'm still at work 40 plus hours a week. And I do this on the side because it's a dream. And I know every time we do this, every time we come in here and we record a podcast, it has the potential of going out and reaching tons and tons of people with the message that God has put on our hearts. And so there are three ways to honor God in your everyday work. 
no matter what you're doing, no matter what kind of work you're doing, you can be a good worker, be a witness, and never stop being a dreamer. In this way, you'll be honoring God and expanding the kingdom every single day, no matter what your field of work is. And I promise you, that is incredibly valuable because God has called you to do something incredible and you can fulfill that in your day-to-day work, whether that is called to pastor, which is an incredible thing, or whether that's called to do anything else in the world. That's also an incredible thing. It is incredibly valuable. Molly, let's talk about this a little bit more. You work in a social work setting. So I just want to ask you, how have you honored God in your work? Yeah. So going back to the whole being the best you can at your job and being on time and stuff, of course, that's something I struggle with. (laughs) But I try to do my best in areas, like you said, being on time, being respectful to your supervisor, even if you don't agree with them, which if my supervisor hears this, I absolutely love her. Not just saying that. If you don't have the best relationship with your administrative staff, be, still be respectful to them. The Bible speaks on that. Respect those in authority. And so they're going to see that in you. They're gonna, that's going to lead to promotions, having that work ethic and that professionalism. And that's obviously resulting in then being a witness and show, having a testimony for God. And yeah, that's a really good point because we can pretty easily get frustrated in different situations and we want to lash out and get mad just like everybody else at work does. But we also, we have a standard that we have to live by. And so whenever we don't like something, whenever we get frustrated about something, we learn to bite our tongue, not because it's fun, not because we're okay with what's happening, but because we have a standard that to which we live by. And so we stop ourselves, we take a breath, and we move on. And in that way, we honor God, but we also honor the people that He's put in life ahead of us, above us. It's no different than honoring your parents or something like that, where you don't always agree, but you have a standard where I'm going to honor them no matter what happens. So what value do you think there is in the church working outside of the church? I think it's obviously the one of the most important points of witness and a key component because how else are we gonna how else are we gonna spread the good news if we're only talking to the people that already know and part of that is for me talking about being a dreamer and stuff i a few years back i think i was probably in college i felt lost you know like i didn't really know like for this whole, I didn't really know what my purpose was. And so I sat down and I started praying. I was like, and God just spoke to me and was talked on the whole dreaming thing. And I sat there and I wrote down what my dreams were for my life, whatever they may be like. And I was like, okay, God, how can I use these dreams? Whether one being a wife, being a social worker in whatever aspect field that may be, being a mother someday, how can I use these to grow your kingdom? Because if I can't do that, there is no, there's no reason to do this. There's no value in this. So how can I grow your kingdom through my dreams? And seeing that, doing that and following in those steps, I have seen such 
amazing things that God has done through my dreams and him wanting to help me pursue my dreams because I put it back. I gave it back to him just like Hannah did wanting that baby. God, I'll give it. I'll give you my baby if you just fulfill this dream for me. And that's exactly how you have to view every aspect of life. God, I'm going to give it back to you. If whatever you give me, I'm giving back to you. And so you broke this down into two points where we have to be a witness outside of the church, being the church. And I think you look at some of the writings of Paul where he talks about the different parts of the body of the church, and we all serve a different purpose. And truthfully, if we were all supposed to be pastors, we would have one body part all doing the same thing. And it really messes up the metaphor for one thing. But but God has called each of us specifically to serve a part in the body of Christ. And we need to do our best to serve God in that part. The other thing you mentioned was going back to your dreams and different things like that. And it is true. We can have dreams over all kinds of things. I could dream to be the best NBA 2K23 player of all time, and I will crash and burn horrifically. But we can dream things that don't honor God. But whenever our dreams can honor God and we give them back to Him, it changes the game. All of a sudden, whenever God's going to get the glory for it, I believe God's sitting there just wringing his hands like, all right, I cannot wait to show you how this is going to pan out. And I think that just goes hand in hand. I think our success and us giving our lives to God are directly tied together. Molly, one last thing. How does seeing that God values your work, how does that help you view your own view of work? I guess you could say it definitely gives me a reason to get up in the morning. But yeah, like it makes it that much more valuable to me to know that God sees value in something as little as me getting up and typing on my computer for eight hours a day or whatever that may be. And so I guess to me, it really is, I guess, almost convicting in this moment because it's like, man, I really should start doing better if you're preaching to me today. But yeah, it really does change things. It changes, it changes your perspective on the mundane work life. Yeah, and I think it just reminds us that everything that we do, it matters to God. Because you're right, life can be mundane and we just go through the motions, but whenever we see that the work that we do, it matters to God, and the work that we do can make a difference in the life of somebody else spiritually, I think that does add motivation, like, all right, I've got a reason to be the best I can be. I've got a reason to serve as well as I can. So just to recap today, first of all, work is a good thing. God created human beings to work. Even before the fall in the Garden of Eden, we were created to work. God created us for that. And work is valuable to the kingdom of God. What we do every single day can make the difference in somebody's spiritual life. We've listed three ways here to honor God in our work. You can, one, be a good worker, two, be a witness, and three, be a dreamer. And so I hope today that you'll realize that God can use you no matter what your field of work is. And so as we go through this week, as we go through the rest of our lives, let's work hard, let's be a witness, and let's dream. We'll see you guys next week.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode. To keep up with everything we have going on and get updates, follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at The After Youth Podcast or on Instagram and Twitter at After Youth Pod. If you enjoy the content we put out, consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. This helps us reach more people with what we're trying to do, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening every week, and we will see you again next Friday. Thank you.